Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Nuna Isi Ma. Nuna Isi is a clarity breathwork facilitator, life coach, yoga teacher, therapist, spiritual intuitive, holistic health consultant, Reiki master, nutritionist, iridologist, body worker, and author. She's an influencer in the field of consciousness sexuality who has thousands of followers on social media and a community of students. She helps people break free from the impact of sexual and childhood wounds and to rise into their birthright of bliss. She has facilitated individuals and groups in therapy for over two decades through workshops, retreats, ceremonies, and online presence. She's the founder of the I Rise Movement, which is a global network that focuses on the restoration of the sacredness of sexual life force energy. Wow. Welcome, Nunaisi. Thank you, Emmy. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you. It's a blessing to have you with us, and I am super excited to be learning from you today. Mm. Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always like to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you? That's a very powerful question to start with. And uh, I would say that sacred feminine power is what we all have, we all born with. It's not something we need to look for. It's not something out there. It's something that is innate in our body and to connect to it is through the body and through the connection to Mother Earth, which is the ultimate feminine power. Mm, absolutely. And when you say it's, it's inside our bodies and all of our bodies, could you expand on that a little bit? How does it manifest? How do you know that it's inside of us? So it's... Um, it's in us, but it's only activated when we activate it consciously. In other words, when we tap into, into the understanding that we are sovereign beings and that we are co-creators of uh, our reality. We are human beings having a spiritual experience. As, uh, sorry, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Mm. So we actually don't need to learn what it is to be divine. We need to learn what it is to be human. And um, to access that power, meaning that we clear anything that stands in our way to uh, feel it and to use it and to work with it. So as I said, we have it innate in us, but growing up, we all have experienced trauma and childhood wounds and conditioning. We've been given um, ideas and beliefs and thoughts. And of course, all of us have been grown in the patriarchal uh, culture. And uh, that already have a lot of uh, uh, repercussions on the way we we shaped and uh, as a culture. And of course, we all grew up with parents that were not fully conscious. So, so it's really about undoing what stands in the way. It's about clearing 
uh, all those veils of illusion, if you will, that, uh, that keeps us from this natural power that's within us. And if I have to name it, because it's really unnameable actually, but if I have to name it, I would say it in one word, it's love. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. I have a feeling we're going to expand on that concept of love a little bit later on, mm -hmm. but I really like the way you described um, that we need to learn what it is to be human. We already know what it is to be div divine, but we need to learn what that means in that context of being human on planet earth. Exactly. That's yeah. be beautifully put. Um, I was wondering, since you started talking about trauma and conditioning and our parents not being fully conscious, which is again a beautiful um, awareness, what would you describe a challenge from your life that you have gone through that's really helped you to activate the sacred feminine power within you and on your life's path? Right. So my childhood was a series of events that um, were the seeds that later on activated that power for me. And if I have to name a few, I would give an example of uh, uh, saving my mother from uh, an attempt to commit suicide when I was six years old. Wow. Um, and, and literally physically standing there while she was uh, swallowing uh, the sleeping pills and I would not have known that it's uh, dangerous if I weren't told by my father to look out for her because she threatened to commit suicide and she had those pills already. So my father asked me if I can keep an eye on my mom. And there was this moment that she was standing and I can to this moment remember what she was wearing. And she was swallowing this pill one after the other. And I was standing there and physically pulling those pills out of her hands and um, you know that was that was my first kind of turning point the big turning point that I have changed in that moment from being the little girl that I was into this new role that I've taken to be my mother's savior to be there to make sure that she is uh, not gonna die and to try and find ways to make her want to live, to make her happy. And, um, and I think that was the setting tone for me becoming a therapist uh, because I was really looking and searching for ways to, to guide her and to hold her. And um, later on, um, when I was uh, eight years old, we were living with her new boyfriend at the time, and uh, I experienced sexual molestation uh, by him, uh, which uh, was going on for a couple of years. And uh, that was, um, that, that definitely shaped my entire sexuality, and uh, it was a, a very heavy baggage for me to carry and when I eventually had the courage to, to tell about it, and of course I had that uh, worry about my mother's life in the background of, of my life all the time. So 
that was a big, big consideration for me not to create a, any drama on my side and to keep things calm and uh, kind of painted that uh, picture that everything is actually okay. Uh, but it wasn't okay. And inside of myself, I was... Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't bear that weight of uh, shame and disgust. And uh, yeah, to the point that I had to do something about it. And when I told my story to my grandmother, my mother didn't believe me. In fact, she uh, tried to hurt me. And uh, that was the moment, another defining transformative moment that I moved to live with my father and uh, his wife, which became my stepmother, and she didn't want me from the first day I arrived. And she made it very clear, and uh, in all her um, actions and, and the way she spoke to me, I was very unwelcomed. So I have to leave home fairly young. I was uh, out and about, uh, and, and really... Um, yeah, set my own uh, journey uh, of independence. That's the probably the positive uh, uh, side effect out of everything that I went on my own. I went on, on my own journey and uh, started seeking the meaning of life and why we are here and how can I heal? Because I felt that there's a lot of me that needs healing. Mm. And that set me on that path. Wow. Well, thank you, Nuna Isi, for sharing so openly and vulnerably about your early childhood experiences. And I mean, the, the, the phrase that was coming to me as you were talking was really the end of innocence and not just once, mm -hmm. but a number mm -hmm. of times. So mm -hmm. thank you for, for sharing about that. And I think uh, your story will resonate and also bring light and hope to quite a few of our listeners as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you mentioned the word innocence because this is uh, exactly that part that I felt that was ripped off of mm. me, that I didn't have a chance to be a child. I haven't had that chance to simply play and create. And, you know, I, I took on um, that, that, that adult role. And, uh, and in my healing process, I had to bring back that inner child innocence in me. And I want to say that it is uh, in there. So you never really lose it. Um, it's something that you can tap back into, right? Mm. It's, uh, it's, it is our essence, that innocence, that uh, purity, that uh, love. It's never, it cannot be destroyed. It cannot be taken away. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is our birthright, that innocence. Yeah. Mm. Well, you've already started um, to talk about this, but would you please expand a little bit more in terms of what was the divine meaning or the hidden blessing in these challenges that you faced at such a young age? And how have they really helped you, number one, to, to heal and then to start helping others to heal as well? That's a beautiful question. So, you know, I always refer to everything that happened to us, no matter what, as our own um, portal to evolution, to our own inner evolution. And it, it takes different shape and different uh, 
ways uh, for each and every one of us. But nevertheless, we all have been through our own stories, our own experiences. And, uh, you know, some of us more than others in terms of intensity, but nevertheless, we all have been through some form of trauma in our life. Mm. And it's through my healing journey that I understood that underneath all of that trauma lies the gold, lies the keys that are meant to be cultivated to open our own inner doors of greatness, if you will. So in other words, we all have that uh, immense capacity and treasure within. And it's really through diving into the depth of our own personal experience, however it um, expressed in our life, to, to activate our power and you know you you've been talking about uh, the the feminine power and it's also the same with the masculine power that we all have you know it's um it's really when we allow ourselves to um first of all accept whatever happened not as the universe um trying to create something against us but actually trying to teach us something and within all those experiences, um, there is an expansion of uh, feelings. There is an expansion of wisdom that comes from those um, horrific experiences and through the healing process. So, you know, my, my um, way of seeing uh, healing is really where we... Where we, we, where we dig that gold that, that is buried underneath um, what seems to be the trauma or the horror, right? There's always that silver lining that comes with the experience. It's, it's never just one dimensional. It's, there is always, um, you know, in every adversity, there's also great uh, opportunity and great wisdom to be cultivated. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. And what you've just said resonates very strongly. It's also the basis of oh, the foundation of the healing work that I do with, with people. And I, I love the, the emphasis on the, the gold or the silver lining that can mm-hmm. be found in all experiences, no matter how traumatic or painful they are. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you have been really able to discover that silver lining for yourself through the work that you are now doing. And Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could expand a little bit more about the work that you're doing now to to help others, especially in in relation to um, the the, the sexual wounding. And I know you use the term primal wounds quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So could Mm -hmm. you expand on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So... So, you know, I've, I just had a conversation with a lady before we, we came online and, um, and she told me that she never knew she had a mother wound until she started working on it. Mm. And this is really uh, what I found is that in my blessing, and I say blessing, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, one can... Uh, not always see the blessing, but I can clearly see that my 
um, mother wound and father wound was very potent. It was double and very potent. Mm-hmm. So I knew from a very young age that if I want to live happy, if I want to live kind of normal, yeah, uh, although normal is also a, a you know, it's, it's a term that uh, is changing his... Uh, <laughs> context at the moment yeah. but I, I wanted to I wanted to live um, to, to live well or, or even to be comfortable in my own skin let's put it that way because I wasn't mm. and so I knew that I need to go through the healing journey and I started seeking from a very young age um, you know looking for teachers looking for therapists and healers um, how can I heal how can I let go of that heavy baggage that I was carrying and was weighing me down and was constantly disturbing my thoughts and my sleep and I, yeah I, I was just I had to do something to to be able to live uh, in my body and during my uh, um, search and, and all the groups and workshops and therapy that I uh, initially took place, I noticed that every single one of the participants, no matter what was their background or their personal story, all shared those primal wounds. And I've already mentioned the mother wound and the father wound um, as our first encounter with the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And, um, and I found a few other wounds that are also um, just a, a very common to, to all of us. And these are the inner child wound, right? So we always carry that uh, a child that we were once. It always lives in our, in our being. And uh, if that child needs were not met, uh, were not met properly, um, then that uh, child can uh, still operate from from our unconsciousness and um, you know be the 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 operating force for uh, our thoughts, feelings, and um, actions or reactions. And so, um, the the yeah, this is another uh, wound that we all carry, uh, and this is the sexuality wound. Right, because in uh, in the society that we grew up with, uh, all uh, sorts of messages about uh, sexuality and uh, with underlying um, dysfunctionality as a culture that we all have uh, created uh, to to one uh, in one form or another um, what I call a sexuality wound. And uh, we also all carry the ancestral wound, which comes from our bloodline, uh, from all the DNA that we received uh, from our, you know, mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers, um, for many generations backwards. And, um, you know, there was uh, this... uh, a research that was done with mice where they've been uh, introduced uh, to a cherry blossom scent and once that scent was introduced they were inflicted uh, pain and those mice had a very certain reaction to that pain and the researchers then checked their offspring and they found that seven generations later 
the offsprings had the same reaction to the cherry blossom uh, scent without, ne- without ever being, um, you know, inflicted that same pain. Mm. So, you know, if mice carry the genetic information uh, from their ancestors for seven generations, I would, I would assume we do too, right? So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what do we have in our, you know, seven generations backwards? Um, you know, as a humanity, we've been through so much uh, terror, trauma, war, you name it, you know? So we still carry that residue in our being. Oh, absolutely, yes. And um, I remember reading also accounts of um, grandchildren of uh, men who fought in, in the war, mm-hmm. having this, peri- this is fear of water, un- unexplainable fear of water. And only once it was realized that the grandfather during the war nearly drowned, mm-hmm. <laughs> were mm-hmm. they able to then release and heal this fear and this wound from the grandchild as well so absolutely mm-hmm. it is it is very potent what you're saying mm-hmm. yeah and and then one more uh, primal wound core primal wound because there are um, other wounds as well but i'm really kind of dissecting it to the primal ones is the sisterhood wound which mm. uh, you know, we all experience, especially during the the witch hunt times, where uh, women were burned on the stake for, uh, you know, uh, showing empathy to animals and brewing herbal medicine and singing songs. And uh, when women used to get caught, they used to get tortured to name other women. And... Um, that created a, a big a mistrust and betrayal in the woman's psyche. And so this is also something that I feel we all still carry. Mm, absolutely. And that's, I, I find that to be, on the one hand, an ancestral wound in the sense that it comes through our lineage, but then also from the collective experience of women all around the world. And of course, it goes beyond the witch hunts. I mean, we can look into mm-hmm. ancient Egypt and the experience mm-hmm. of the priestesses and you know that history just kind of repeats itself in in so many levels when it comes to the sister wound especially i find mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. mm. well no i say could you please uh, this is such a fascinating topic that i could talk about this for two hours <laughs> but i would really love for us to hone in even more on the, the, the sexual sexual wounds Mm-hmm. And for you mm-hmm. to tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing at the moment in relation to um, iRise, especially, I would love to hear more mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so from my own experience, I came to realize that uh, sexuality is not only sex. Sexuality is our um, creative life force energy. And we are uh, sexual beings. The whole universe, in fact, is sexual. And we are wired for pleasure. This is our natural um, wiring. And you can look at the baby that is born, that has no filters and no judgments and no, no uh, beliefs or ideas acquired from society. 
And uh, that baby or that child is very open and very receptive and very responsive to body pleasure. Mm. Um, you know, you just struck a baby and you look at his face. And in fact, that was even um, uh, where a lot of my shame came from because um, when I was molested, I actually received a great deal of pleasure. Mm. Um, you know, this man was, he, there was no penetration and he was very gentle and, and he, he actually um, stimulated the, you know, my, my genitals in a way that, that created pleasure. And as a, as a young girl being so open and so um, innocent and, uh, and vulnerable, I received that pleasure. And I received it even before I understood what it means and before uh, I dived into that whole mind complexity. There was just simple that um, feeling, that um, experience in, in my body that really felt pleasurable. And um, even I would, I would even share, and that's really been vulnerable, but I feel it's very important piece to share is that I've even experienced an orgasm when I was uh, about 10 years old. Mm. And um, I didn't know at the time what it was, but, uh, you know, kind of connecting all the dots later on, I've realized, oh, wow, that was orgasm. But what it was, it was a very overwhelming um, body experience that that took me off the ground, mm. so to say. And um, and what happened is that um, you know later on in life I started receiving um, all the social um, messaging about my sexuality and uh, all that. Uh, uh, you know, I think that our society uh, is still very much caught up in that uh, horror shaming. Mm -hmm. Right, a, a woman that enjoys sexuality, you know, she's a prostitute, and um, you know, you a woman doesn't uh, enjoy sexuality. You know, all those su subtle messages that came through, and I think they're, um, you know, they they uh, grounded in uh, the uh, messages that came from religion mm -hmm. and all religions. Um, being very uh, patriarchal based and uh, really out of the fear of a uh, woman's sexuality because uh, when, woman, when a woman is uh, connected to her sexuality, she is unstoppable. She is mm. a powerhouse. She has her feminine power switched on and mm. turned up, right? And uh, she can't be manipulated. She can't be... Um, oppressed and uh, submissive and you know all all those uh, qualities that uh, that men uh, were were uh, trying to to dominate um, in 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 the past and it kind of became our heritage of uh, you know so many mixed messages about our our sexuality and I feel that sexuality have moved completely from being that sacred union with the divine, when two bodies can come together in that sacred union that, that creates life and creates the most um, uh, highest form of pleasure available to the human body. And it, it really downplayed it into 
um, a dirty kind of in the shadows a way of you know um, genital meeting and mm. uh, and we really lost that essence of the sacredness um, there's a uh, if you look at sexuality today and you look at the biggest uh, um, you know uh, industries that that most of the money goes into it will be the porn industry it will be very unfortunately the child trafficking industry mm. um, you know so we really kind of lost the sacredness and moved into that animalistic um, Uh, instinctual um, quick gratification um, male oriented sexuality mm. and uh, of course if you look at you know the statistics of rape and molestation and all of that 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 all speaks for uh, you know the the mutation we are currently facing and I think that it comes you um, It, it, it comes down to um, you know education uh, we really need to re-educate ourselves and uh, the next generations about sexuality to bring it out of the shadows and out of the dungeons and into the light of consciousness sacredness divinity and awareness mm, absolutely absolutely Those were some very, very powerful words that you spoke there and mm. that return to sexual innocence, which doesn't take mm-hmm. away from the pleasure at mm-hmm. all, but really just mm-hmm. highlights what you so beautifully described as the, the sacredness of mm-hmm. sexuality, the sacredness of intercourse itself, and mm-hmm. all these beautiful aspects of sexuality that we have, as you described, to such an extent lost. over the years, mm-hmm. over the mm-hmm. hundreds of years, through mm-hmm. religions, through the porn industry, mm-hmm. child trafficking, as you mentioned. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how do we then start to heal this, Nunaisi? What do we need to do mm-hmm. to start to heal? It? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. So um, I've already mentioned education. That's, a, that's the kind of a starting point is mm-hmm. to talk about it, you know, like we're doing now to bring it into the awareness, into um, our conversations. Um, so this is the first thing. The second thing that I feel that uh, we all have to some form is that um, caring of shame. And that shame comes from, a, a, you know, our relationship with our body, which we also, um, that's another primal wound, is our body wound, which we uh, received also a lot of uh, wrong messages from the media, from, uh, you know, the fashion industry uh, of what it is to be beautiful. And... Um, What, uh, what relationship do we have with this body temple um, besides um, how it looks or how it fits into, um, you know, the, the, the current uh, standards, so to speak. And so I think that the, the work is really about unshaming. It's, uh, you know, when shame is a very tricky energy it's a it comes from the fear of disconnection and actually 
the, the way to heal it is to be vulnerable and to talk about, um, you know, our vulnerability, not as a weakness, but rather as a strength. Mm. And I'm sure that, you know, our listeners that are listening to my most inner private uh, sharings, I'm sure you feel even more connected to me rather than um, shaming me for that. Right. Mm. Um, because we we are, as I said, we are all human uh, learning to be human and being human means that we are not perfect. We will never be perfect. We have our flaws. We have our um, moments and to embrace that, to know that, you know, we are perfectly uh, imperfect the way we are, um, no matter what is the size of our hips or the shape of our nose. You know, just um, uh, going back into embodiment. So really bringing ourselves back into the body and, um, and creating um, uh, those relationships to sexuality from that uh, uh, sacred um, relationship. So... Um, it's you know it's it's a process it's not a, it's not a, it's not a well big it fix. can also yeah it's not a big fix although i also believe in quantum uh, leaps so mm-hmm. not not to undermine magic and uh, all of that it doesn't have to be difficult it can be uh, actually very simple not always easy but simple mm-hmm. You know, the answers are always simple. Uh, how do we heal it? How do we heal our sexuality? Um, you know, we can only heal it in ourselves, really. We, we, can't, we can't heal it for somebody else. Um, so it's taking that uh, uh, responsibility to, um, you know, do the work. And what is the work? Uh, the work is embodiment, as I mentioned, um, coming back to the body, clearing all those uh, stagnant energies, memories, um, limiting beliefs or false beliefs uh, through, you know, the, there are many um, mediums that uh, one can use to do that. Uh, one of my favorite is uh, breath work. Mm. I found the uh, breath work to be one of the most uh, amazing tools of transformation, uh, working with a uh, spirit. Yeah, I see air as spirit. And, um, and letting that air brush through the body, through all those uh, frozen uh, places that, uh, that hold um, unresolved uh, emotions that when we felt them at the time, they were so overwhelming that we couldn't process them well. So we kind of, we did one of, of three um, uh, ways, of three um, uh, ways to cope with, with a, a, you know, a trauma or an overwhelming experience. And that is either we froze it in the body, which then takes a vital energy from us to keep it there at bay. So we actually utilizing our vital life force energy to, to keep those pockets of uh, memories and unresolved emotions uh, under control, mm. right? And they, but they, they want to come out. So they keep kind of knocking on our 
uh, inner consciousness. They want to be resolved in, in you know, in, uh, be felt and be processed. And uh, yeah, we, we all know those places that, you know, come and we kind of keep pushing them back and they again arise and we, we again, um, you know, try to just... Um, avoid them or ignore them or suppress and push them somewhere. So, so it's about letting that be resolved and come out. And then another way that we uh, deal when, when it comes to trauma is a part of our soul actually leaves the body and mm. hovers in the ethers. And um, this is, again, you know, if the body doesn't feel like a safe space, then, you know, some of it can just uh, escape. Can, mm -hmm. can, you know, we can check out from the body and, uh, and, and then, you know, that's, that's one way we can cope. So it's really integrating us back into wholeness by bringing all those um, hovering parts of ourselves back into the body. And um, yeah, another way that we also deal with trauma is, um, you know, by, by fighting. So there's that uh, constant um, need to, to fight and, and blame the outside of us for internal things. So you always see those people that are constantly complaining and constantly looking for someone to, to blame or pick a fight with. And that is, you know, very active uh, pain body, as Eckhart Tolle calls it. And this is also another coping mechanism of, of uh, trauma. So it's really working on um, processing all those feelings that, that we carry. Um, you know, we also been, uh, many of us, been told that uh, some of our feelings are good and accepted and others are bad and to be rejected. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I always say that we as humans meant to feel the entire spectrum of our feelings and uh, there is no good or bad feelings or emotions. They're all valid and they all carry... Uh, their own vibration and their own energy. And the uh, anger and rage can be as sacred and as important as, you know, joy and happiness. So um, it's really about um, allowing ourselves to be seen in our humanity, to feel all the uncomfortable feelings in a supportive setup and the... Uh, and to embody us back into the body. And from that space with the intention of uh, meeting our sexuality uh, with the, you know, in its divinity, that's where we uh, start to shift uh, first as individuals. And of course, then, um, yeah, then it's uh, transformed and transmuted to others. Mm. Wow. Well, there was so much wisdom that you shared with us there in Unaisis. I'm grateful for, for everything that you have shared with us. And uh, if, if, if our listeners wanted to, to connect with you or work with you, how would they find you? Yeah, so I'm uh, pretty active on Facebook. That's my uh, platform. Uh, I have a group that uh, is named Sacred Feminine Rising. And uh, my Facebook page, Nuna Isi, Empowering Awakening Consciousness. 
And then I have my website, www.nunaec.com. And you're welcome to, yeah, drop a message and connect with me. I do one-on-one sessions. I also do groups and retreats, but that's, of course, all frozen at the moment. And yeah, I would love to hear from you and I would love to support you on, on, on your journey of awakening and on your evolution. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for that, Nunaisi. And I also understand that you have a gift for our listeners. Yes, that's right. So the gift is uh, two different parts. One of them is a summit that I've created with 26 worldwide experts on the field of sacred sexuality and sexual healing. And this is really an overall um, curated event to help, uh, it's mostly geared for women, but not necessarily. I had some men taking it as well uh, to really heal sexually from past abuse or uh, stuckness or um, anything that stands in your sexual pleasure or fulfillment. And uh, comes along with that is a book, I call it a playbook, which summarizes the main points of the different speakers. So it's a great companion to the summit. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite deep and uh, comprehensive. So it's really, the summit is about 26 hours of great wisdom. So I really highly encourage you to take it if you feel in the call. Mm, wow, wonderful. Thank you so much. That's a very, very beautiful gift to, to give to our listeners. And I'm sure there will be so many opportunities for shifts and awakenings and healing just from listening to that summit. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all the wisdom and the information you've shared with us today. Did you want to mention something else, Phil, before we wrap up for today? So what comes up uh, for me at the moment is that uh, message that, you know, you are not broken and you are not um, to be fixed. You are in your essence, whole and divine, no matter what. So it's really about um, knowing that and clearing all that that is on the periphery of your soul so you can rise into your greatness, into your birthright of uh, your brilliance that uh, you are. Thank you, Nunaisi. Um, let's everybody, just for a moment, focus our intention on these beautiful words and all the wisdom that's been shared with us today. And take this beautiful energy and send it to everybody everywhere on our planet to remember that we truly all are all one. And that the more of us who dare to do this work, this healing work on ourselves and step into a bigger place of greatness, the more quickly our planet will also shift into love and compassion. Mm. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being here.